Listener-supported KFUO, the messenger of good news. I'm Gary Duncan. It's time now for a moment on the lighter side. And this afternoon, I welcome back Dr. Luke. He's back on to finish up our discussion on the temptation of Jesus. Dr. Luke, good afternoon. Well, well, well good afternoon, Gary. But, but daggone it, you've hurt my feelings. Oh, what do you mean, Dr. Luke? What did I do? Well, I'm looking at you on this here uh, video phone, and I see you got a ball cap on, a, a hooded sweatshirt with a hood pulled up, and on top of all of this, one of those plastic lady lunch hairnets. Now, now, what's the deal? The deal is I'm going to be talking with you for the next few weeks, and I was just afraid that uh, you'd, tr you'd try to pull something, some last-ditch effort to apply uh, one of your miracle hair restoring products, and also... One of the other reasons is this is a brand new KFUO hat. We're going to be giving those to some of the uh, supporters during our Sherathon coming up. So how you like the new KFUO hat? Well, I, I tell you what, I, I'm just hurt. My feelings are hurt that you you think I was going to pull something. Uh, I, 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 Mr. Duncan, I, I'm a doctor. I've taken the Hippocratic Oath to never do no one no harm. Well, actually, it's the Hippocratic Oath, isn't it? And I, I know you were never intentionally going to harm anyone, but let's face it, some of your previous efforts to cure my baldness, at least, has been less than helpful. Well, I, I guess you do have a point there. <laughs> well, let's just get on with the interview, and, and then don't be offended by my extra security measures, okay, Dr. Luke? You pointed out in your account of the temptation of Jesus that it points backwards to the temptation of Adam and Eve as well as forwards to Jesus and the final temptation on the cross. Yes, I did point out all of those temptations have something in common. Oh, you also alluded that they have something in common with the way the devil tempts us. And that I did. Uh, all of the temptations of the devil try to accomplish the same thing. He tells us we need to do something to be like God. So, so, so he told Adam and Eve they needed to eat the forbidden fruit to be like God. Uh, he suggested that Jesus should turn some rocks into stones or, or, or jump off the pinnacle of the temple again so he could be like God. And the most striking of those temptations happens when Jesus is on the cross. In so many words, the devil suggests Jesus should just come down from the cross to be like God. Which, of course, is the last thing God would ever do. In fact, the most godly thing Jesus ever did was hang on the cross for our sins. But, Dr. Luke, I can't recall the devil ever tempting me that way. <laughs> well, of course you wouldn't. The devil's too crafty for that. But in fact, at the heart of all temptation is the idea we need to do something to be like God. Sometimes it happens when he tempts us to do sinful stuff. Sometimes when he tempts us to do things that seem very religious. Would you explain what you mean, Dr. Luke? Well, well take your classic, your classic deadly sins now, like gluttony, greed, and, and lust. All right, so what do those sins have to do with being like God? Well, you know, at the heart of each of them is the feeling of dissatisfaction, the desire to have more food, more things, and more sex. And if we had these things, then we would be more like God, wouldn't we? <laughs> After all, God wants for nothing. If he wants more food, all he has to do is turn stones into bread. And if he wants more things, all he has to do is speak the word, and he has all the things he could possibly want. I see your point. At the heart of these evil desires is a 
the thought that by having these things, we would be more like God. Even Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit so they could be more like God and have more knowledge. Right. At the heart of all sinful desires is the idea we need to do something to be like God. For after all, God lacks for nothing. The last example you gave there, however, is an important one. Uh, sometimes the desire doesn't appear to be sinful at all. I mean, after all, uh, what's wrong with having more knowledge? But the sin remains the same, that we need to do something uh, to be like God. Okay, Dr. Luke, you're going to have to explain yourself here. Okay, well, well many of us are, as mature enough Christians know we shouldn't give in to our covetous desires. Uh, so the devil comes and he, he flatters us and, and tells us what fine moral beings we are. But then he suggests if we really want to be like God, we need to do more. We need to, to be more religious. Sit in the pew, fold our hands, act real pious-like. Are you suggesting we shouldn't go to church and say our prayers? Oh, not, not at all. I'm suggesting we need to ask ourselves why are we doing those things. If we're doing those things because we think that'll make us more like God, then there may be a problem. But how would I know I'm not doing those things for that reason? Well, well ask yourself, uh, how does your church going uh, affect your attitude toward your neighbor? If you think your church going religious ways makes you superior to your neighbor, then that's a sin. Of course, that's what the devil tempts us to believe. Uh, that's what God is like. He sits up in the heavens and judges all those poor, miserable sinners down there. Why can't they be more like God? Oh, why can't they be more like us? Okay, I think I'm beginning to see your point. Sometimes both our sinful acts and our religious acts are an attempt to be more like God. Luke, I can see the problem with the sinful side of that equation, but shouldn't we be doing more religious things to be like God? Well, you see, you, you've fallen into the temptation Adam and Eve did. That's what they thought. They thought they needed to do something to be like God, even though they were already created in his image and likeness. That's the point. We're not made in God's image. We're born in sin and conceived in iniquity. And that's true. Uh, but the Bible also says uh, that when we were baptized, according to the command of our Savior, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, we were literally born again. In fact, the same voice that spoke at Jesus' baptism and said, this is my beloved Son, uh, the same voice that spoke on the Mount of Transfiguration and said, this is my beloved Son, is the same voice that at our baptism declared that we, too, are the sons and daughters of God. We, we don't need to do anything to be like God, because thanks to what Jesus did on the cross, our baptism has already made us children of God. Now, now let me give you one more example that I hope will illustrate. Okay, go right ahead, Dr. Luke. Well, I, I don't remember, Gary, you're, you're a fairly old man. Years ago, you remember there was a fad amongst Christians called WWJD. Oh, yeah, I, I remember that. It was, what would Jesus do? Now, that's actually not a bad question if you're asking it about how you ought to treat your neighbor. As we've seen the last few weeks, if you want to be like God towards your neighbor, to be his humble servant, for so God serves us. But the danger in such a question is the temptation that there are things we need to do to be like God again. And that, that's simply not right. Well, consider the beginning of the Bible study we looked at a few weeks ago. Read from my gospel, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Oh, okay. 
And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. Now, there's one thing Jesus did that we don't want to do. We don't go out into the wilderness and face the devil. In fact, the, the Scripture plainly teaches we, we should flee youthful lusts. The Bible warns us that the devil is a roaring lion that we, that we should avoid at all costs. And we're even taught to pray, lead us not into temptation. So there are obviously times when we don't do what Jesus would do, but why did the Spirit lead Jesus out of the wilderness to face the devil? Well, well, the same reason the Spirit always leads Jesus. The same reason Jesus does whatever he does. He does these things for our sake. You see, Jesus is the one that makes us like God. When Adam and Eve sinned, we, we lost our likeness to God. But Jesus has done everything necessary to restore that likeness. In the wilderness, he overcame the devil for us. On the cross, he died to wash away our sins. Why, he even rose from the grave so someday we can have a glorious body likened to his glorious body. Why, he's done everything so we can be like God in soul and body. And don't you see, it's a great affront to Jesus when we think we need to do something to be like God. Which I suppose is why that is the chief temptation of the devil. But let me get one thing straight, okay? Is it all right to act like God when it concerns our neighbor? We should be humble servants to our neighbor just like God. But just remember, you're not doing those things so you can be like God. You're doing them because you're already like God. The sons and daughters of God by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why we love because he first loved us. Well, Dr. Luke, thank you for your presentation on Jesus' Temptation. Next week, we'll have you back, and you can share some of your exclusive stories concerning Holy Week. And finally, thank you for leaving my head completely alone this afternoon. Now, now, now tell me, though, about that cap you got on there. What were you saying about that cap? It's a it's a brand new KFUO cap. Just It's like a baseball cap, but it's got the KFUO logo on it. Just got it off the presses yesterday. Well, now, here, here's the thing. You know, I found out that you're going to have these new special caps there at KFO. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and I figured, I figured you'd be wearing one, right? Because you're like the boss there, and you're going to wear all the new stuff, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I took the liberty of coating it with some of my new hair restoring gel. Now you just keep wearing that cap a few days, and and by golly, you'll have all the hair you could want. Doctor Luke, what? <laughs> hey, you know what though? It was really windy yesterday, and I thought, man. And this hat sticks, stays on really well. So now I know why. Sorry, Dr. Luke, I'm not taking any chances. I, I, I'm going to try to take this cap off now. It's not windy in here, so I don't have to worry about my beautiful hair flying all over the place or the, some of the lack of hair in some spots. So I'm taking that. I'm going to try to take this hat off. It's kind of stuck to my head. But now the, 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 the hair that will come off. Yeah, you know, I, I figured you might be reluctant to allow the medication to take its full effects. So I judiciously applied some super glue to that lunch lady cap and hood of yours. <laughs> 
but don't worry, it should wear off in a week or so. <laughs> so you mean I'm going to have to go around wearing a hat and hooded sweatshirt and this hairnet lady cap thing? Off, well, all... yeah, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't even think about that, Mr. Duncan. <laughs> well, I hope you don't have any important meetings, meeting like the president or, or the senator or something like that. Well, you know, my golly, the time's up. I got to get going. I, I, enjoy your day, and I'll, I'll talk to you next week. Uh, okay, I'll talk to you next week, and the, I don't, Dr. Luke, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with you, but uh, I'll talk with you, I'll, I'll, I think I'll talk to you next week, but i got to see how this hair thing goes off uh, before I answer that for sure, but thanks so much for being on the program, but I'm not thankful for what you've done to my head again, so. Well, this is KFUO Radio, the messenger of good news.